Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. The Mets a 4-2 win today against the Philadelphia Phillies. Now 4-1 and one on this uh, young season. Sal's smirking. He's all, uh, all excited. His pick's going to come true. Mets are going to win the division. I'll, I'll, I'm all about the Mets I winning cannot, the division. I cannot wait for that. And you and I will go out to a bar and celebrate. Let's Although you'll it. probably be working that night. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. You just stay up late. Last time Be I out here at 3 o'clock. In 2015, it happened on the weekend, I remember, because I was off and I yes. was out uh, partying. It happened on a Saturday. I actually yeah. married a couple of my friends in Pennsylvania. I missed the pregame and then scooted back, did the postgame here uh, after after doing that. So yeah. that was like a pretty wild day when they uh, <laughs> clinched out in Cincinnati. I'm sure it's a pretty good memory for Steve Gelbs as well, who joins us right now of SNY. What's, uh, that was a day, right, Steve? Oh, it was a great day. It was an incredible day. Um, but, Pete, I, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but I just have to say that your last sentence threw me off, so I'm a little off my game right now. And you said I married a bunch of friends, and I, for a second, was oh. like, how many people did you marry, Pete? Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I get I down that way. You officiated. You officiated. I officiated I them, yeah. Them. Well, you, you can marry them, right? You're marrying them. Yeah, yeah, efficient. yeah I heard it a little differently. No, no, no. That's a good point. That's good. I should watch that when I tell that story now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that, but yeah, I guess yeah. it makes sense. I probably said that story a few times on the air. There's a lot of people thinking that I'm, you know, I got an interesting marriage, interesting home life going on. Sal, Sal, what is the uh, what is the emotional swing for you in an early April series if the Mets go out and beat the Nationals this weekend, or if they lose? I'll be very disappointed if with anything less than two out of three. I don't know the weather, and Gelbs, I'm afraid to ask you, but maybe you could update us on the weather. You know, the other day, did you see Gelbs on Twitter? He's like, no, oh, I, I don't do that. Yeah, no doubt, they're, no doubt they're going to play this game. I, I'd be shocked. And then the game has been postponed. Poor Gelbs, that's what you get, Steve, right? We're trying to do the right thing. You got Kernan on you, too. That's tough. <laughs> uh, oh, that's it. That, that made it 10 times worse. You know what the other part that was annoying about that was? As about I'd say probably 20, 25 minutes after I put that tweet out, I heard rumblings that it actually was going to get postponed. Oh. I had to sit on it. <laughs> so, like watching the tweets come in, knowing for about two hours that I was going to be wrong. Just can't stop but him. Can't we- stop. Weather aside, uh, I would be very disappointed if the Mets didn't send a nice early message to the Nats and take two out of three. There you go. I think that's uh, I think that's that's fair for for you, Sal. <laughs> I'm keeping an even keeled, uh, you know, temperament this by, time. By the way, Steve, you were missed at the uh, the ballpark today by Mickey. Who wants to go first? I, Steve. I saw. <laughs> work on day games. Calling you out, Gelbs. Calling you out. Well, you know, you should call out Facebook because they took me away. They ripped me away. They ripped me up. Ripped me away from Mickey Calloway and ripped me away from Wayne Randazzo in what would have been our first together rain delay theater. Although I don't know if you saw it, but we still managed to do it while I was on a train to D.C. in the silent car, no less. So I didn't say a word, but we still did rain delay theater. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, no, I was doing my own rain delay theater at the time. Did you did you watch the Facebook broadcast? I did. So I watched most of it. I was having a difficult time keeping it streaming on the train down, uh, but I. Probably from about the fifth inning on, once I got to D.C., I got to D.C. around 4 o'clock, um, I was able to watch it through. I, I thought it was interesting. I know a lot of people had issues with it, but uh, but listen, I mean, this is this is the wave of the future here. You're going to start to see things like this. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was, it was interesting and different, and I personally traveling 
liked being able to watch it on my phone. That was uh, that was really nice. I was confused, Gelbs, before we actually get to you know why you're on and uh, and talk about the Mets. Inform me on this. I know how to use Facebook, uh, unfortunately. How do you? How could you do the rain delay theater from the train? First of all, in the quiet car, where if I were in there, I would have yelled at you if you're talking. But how do you work that where you and Wayne could be on at the same time when you're not in the same location? Well, if you uh, if you go live on Instagram. Someone can, if they're watching your your stream, they can request to be added to it. So uh, Wayne and I can do essentially a double box. And the idea that I had, and it worked out well, was Wayne to pull Anthony Tacoma in. And the two of them asked me questions that I mind the answer to. And they basically have to um, see if, if they're right or not, see if they can read my lips. And the best part about it is that Howie Rose came in and really saved the day. <laughs> and then Howie Rose just came in and, uh, and changed the whole dynamic. So it was a great, great season premiere of Rain Delay Theater. How did Howie save the day? I mean, being Howie. <laughs> that's it, know. that's it. He just shows up. Once Howie, once Howie shows up, the thing takes off. So that's, that's, that's the formula. That is what works. All right, Steve Gelb's uh, with us tomorrow night. SNY. I know you worked long and hard on this. We talked about it at one point in the off season. It's airing tomorrow. Los Mets baseball in the Dominican Republic. You had a chance to uh, hang out with the Med Rosario, Jerry's Familia, uh, see their childhood homes, right, Steve? What was the experience like of going down there to the Dominican Republic, and what can people look forward to to learning about these guys and their backgrounds? Yeah, Pete, uh, we're, we're really uh, proud and excited about this, and, and uh, I so hope that everybody gets a chance to watch this tomorrow at 6.30 on SMY. The basic premise, uh, the reason that we went down to the Dominican Republic is that this is a country that is essentially about 50% um, of the population. I'm sorry, it's, uh, it, has, yeah, it has about half as many people as the population of New York State. Um, but each year it makes up the population of the Dominican Republic in Major League Baseball is about 10% of Major League Baseball. So the sheer number, the volume of players that they send to, to Major League Baseball just is staggering, really. And so the, the question was, you know, how do they send this volume and why does this country send this volume? And what we found out when we were down there is really it's, it's um, kind of a, a cross. The answer is a cross between this country that views baseball as this way of life and it's a baseball crazed nation, but it's also a very poor nation that views baseball as a way out. A lot of these kids view baseball as a way out of their circumstance. And so we went down there and we were able to tell this story. And I think, you know, we, we kind of broke it into three parts. The first part is the overarching story of baseball in the Dominican Republic while also looking at the mess Academy in the DR. Uh, every major league organization has, an academy in the Dominican Republic, but the Mets were at the forefront of adding an education component to their academy because education is such an issue in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Most kids who are pursuing baseball drop out of school at the age of 12 or 13, and, you know, those who make it, it works out great, but those who don't have very little to fall back on. So um, this Mets Academy allows those who make it and those who don't to um, earn higher education and, and potentially get a high school diploma so we, we take a look at that, and then, like you said, Ahmed Rosario and Jerry Familia, we spent a day with each of them at their, at their um, childhood homes, their family homes. And what you see is two distinctly different but equally compelling stories. Ahmed Rosario is really the exception to the rule. 
He's someone who uh, had an education. Both of his parents were educated and made sure that he graduated high school. Um, and then you see on the flip side, Jerry's Familia, who is much more the norm, who lived in, uh, you know, incredibly humble circumstances early in his career. And um, this, this career that he was able to pursue making it to the major leagues changed his family's life in ways that um, were truly unimaginable. So getting to, to go see where he grew up and then the house that Familia built for his family was a remarkable experience. Um, and again, I, I just hope that everybody gets a chance to tune in because I think it's going to be something that um, Mets fans, but, but people in general will, uh, will really enjoy hearing about and seeing, and then it'll give a new perspective on what a lot of these guys from the Dominican Republic go through to get to the big leagues. Talking with SNY, Steve Gelbs. Check out the special tomorrow, 6.30. SNY does a great job with these things. The Gary Carter one that was on last week, phenomenal. They've done plenty over the years, so you don't want to miss this one. Gelbs, what was the, the one thing that was just shocking, eye-opening to you about being down there and seeing some of this stuff? It was, without a doubt, going to Jerry Familia's childhood home where he grew up. I think he, he lived the first six, seven years of his life there. And, I mean, you'll see it. I'm actually going to post a small clip of it on, uh, on our social media accounts as soon as I hang up with you. But this, this home, uh, I mean, it was essentially just a small shack that he lived in with, uh, I believe it was seven or eight family members. And at one point, when he was showing me around the backyard, he points out, this, this is the toilet. This was the toilet. And it's just a hole in the backyard. And so you're in that moment with him and you realize uh, just what he came from and just how much being where he is has meant to him and his family. So um, that was incredibly jarring, but, um, but it was also that moment where, you know, I think for me, you know, whether or not the, the story turned out well, which I think it did, it was pretty much a life-changing moment for me too to really, again, give me a, a whole new perspective on what so many people that um, that we watch on a daily basis went through in their childhood to get here. Wow. Uh, how about, you know, the, the country being so baseball-crazed? Does every kid you know, have a, the opportunity to, to try to play baseball in some way? Is that the A number one more than get good grades in school? It is, you know, go be good at baseball and, and try to get into one of these academies? Yeah, it really is, Pete. And I think that was, you know, on, on the flip side, and listen, we can debate whether or not it's it's a good thing till we're blue in the face, um, you can make the argument that, yes, baseball provides these kids an opportunity to get out of their circumstance, but then, of course, there is this this pervasive education issue that, that um, is all throughout the country. That being said, baseball, just as a baseball person to go down there and see the pure love for the game is really remarkable. It's unlike any place I've ever been where there is nothing else. There's nothing to compete with baseball on a sporting level. And so literally everywhere you go, you see kids on fields playing and playing seriously, trying, to your point, Pete, trying to better themselves to ultimately get to that next level. And and I think just a a quick anecdote that we didn't even get in the piece. We were just driving. We were actually driving back from, from Familia's house and we just saw this baseball field, and we hopped out. We saw some kids playing. We started talking to some of the kids, and one of them had uh, an Arizona Diamondback shirt on. And we find out midway through the conversation that he's someone that is in the Arizona Diamondbacks 
system. And this is just, again, you're just driving on a, a back road, and there's a, you know, and it's a kid. baseball prospect, just a kid, um, probably 17, 18 years old, because these kids sign generally at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. But he's back there playing, playing baseball, and you don't see that. That's not something that you see in America. Um, so it was, it was really, truly a remarkable trip. I mean, the, I think the half hour that we, that we cut does it justice, but easily, we were talking about this. I mean, easily this thing could have been an hour, an hour and a half. And there were so many, so many good stories and moments that, um, that we captured there. But I think we, we narrowed it down to the, the meaty part, the best half hour. Gelb, so the majority of these kids growing up down there, are they able to watch Major League Baseball? I mean, I know I guess some people are in you know worse areas than others, but are yeah. they just playing? Or are they able to watch any Major League Baseball at all? No, I mean, listen, I don't want to cast a net and say everybody's able to watch. Like you said, Sal, it really depends on the circumstance. But I think it was Ligaris who was actually telling me when we were down there about how his whole – um, community, the the whole neighborhood would really huddle around one TV and watch baseball. And so they, a, they absolutely do watch Major League Baseball, and they they watch the guy, they watch the Pedro Martinez's and the the David Ortiz's guys like that, and really look up to them. But beyond that, um, they've got this Dominican Winter League that people are crazy about. We got to go to a Dominican Winter League game when we were down there. It wasn't one of the uh, the the better games from what we were told, but um, the enthusiasm, the, the cheering, the music. Uh, these people are crazy about baseball year-round. There's really no off-season at all down there. And so uh, the question, do people get to watch when they're down there? Yeah. I mean, not everybody obviously has a television, but, but they find ways to watch it. They, they find friends that have TVs, and this is something that, um, that people are consistently paying attention to. It is at the top of mind for so many people down there. Yeah, this should be a real interesting. It airs tomorrow night. Los Mets baseball in the Dominican Republic, 6.30 tomorrow on SNY. And uh, Steve Gelbs, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you can clear everything up with Mickey that you do more than just the night games. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll try and uh, get through to him tomorrow. Also let him know that uh, Sal's well-being for the next month relies on this series. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows that. <laughs> Thanks, Gelbs. Appreciate it. Yeah, Gelbs. Uh, all right, Steve Gelbs. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We can react to some of what Gelbs had to say there and then uh, grab some calls as well. 800-321-0710. If you're just joining us, the Mets have 4-2 win against the Phillies today, 4-1 and to open up the 2018 season. It's the Sports Zone. Pete McCarthy, Salicata on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Well, we learned a lot from Steve Galbs. Including <laughs> I I shouldn't say I married people. I I didn't have a problem with the way he said. Was it efficient during a way? I I knew what you meant. Well, I, now that he pointed it out though, I I get it. I get it. Well, how many couples did you marry? <laughs> well, no, or officiate their wedding. Was it just one? one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you married, but they were two friends of yours, yeah. both of them, obviously. So you married friends. Okay. Now, I have no Wait, problem. I have officiated. Or... Yeah, well, that's right. That's I had no problem with the way that... You wouldn't say officianted. would be officiated, I suppose. Right. Sounds like I refereed a game. You yeah. know? Right. No, I, I think I think the way that you said it is common... All right, so we'll blame vernacular. Gelbs. Yeah, well, blame Gelbs. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Gelbs uh, should be a fun special tomorrow. Again, Los Mets, baseball in the Dominican Republic, uh, tomorrow at 6.30. And, you know, for a lot of the players, we talked about this a little bit last week when Ioannis Cespedes gave uh, his season opening press conference and spoke in English. 
And there's a lot of players we just don't get to know that well because of the language barrier and things like that. And and this uh, you know should open up a little bit more of, of an eye into you know the lives of uh, a couple of guys here in Familia and Rosario. And I think it does give you different perspective. Even listening to Gelb's talk about it, yeah. you know, Familia's situation growing up. I don't know. I, again, I know from what we do, right? Give an opinion and critiquing their performance on the field. I know you kind of have to separate the two, but when you watch a show like this that airs tomorrow night, 6.30, and I said, why? You have a different... It's a human element. You watch it, you have a different feel for Rosario and for Familia, where, I don't know, you feel like you connect with them a little bit more, you get to know them or appreciate their story a little bit more, as opposed to just being players who wear uniforms for the team that you root for. Yeah. No, it's a big it, difference. It is. It, it, it's, it is. And it, uh, it should be cool to check out tomorrow. Uh, we talked about the Facebook broadcast as well. Did you partake? I did. I, I, the only problem that I had, and I actually asked Gelb this on Twitter yesterday, never got back to me. I was seriously curious if you needed a Facebook account to be able to watch. Oh, did you not? I I, I think you did because remember, oh. the, did you ever watch Tom versus Time? I think we talked about that. But I watched the the, the Brady Show on Facebook. Oh no, I never I, watched. I did it. not need um, an account to do that. I just went to whatever page and watched. Okay. With this, I was trying to. But I went to the MLB thing and it just was not working, so I ended up huh. just creating a you know a, a burner account, I guess, and watched you know whatever of it. Before oh, you you I... created a fake Facebook yeah, alias, just, yeah, right. Can we get the name of your uh, Facebook alias? So, then, how do you make up a name? Then it wouldn't be an alias, would it? <laughs> Mike Wallace. <laughs> Mike Wallace. Well, I just want to know where you're going to go to make up a name. I'm, I'm is it going to be? No. Is it going to be a former Met from years ago? Like yeah. where? Where does your fake name generator that well, works inside your head? Well, where, where does it come from? Honestly, what happened is, if I'm being fully honest here, I have had a fake one in the past. And I went to create a new one today, and I used the email that I guess still had that one. So once I used the email, it signed in as Mike Wallace, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I oh, so it is Mike Wallace. <laughs> yeah. That way. Why'd you have a fake account in the past? Um, I don't oh. want to get into that, but we will. <laughs> now Facebook digging, stalking? Stop digging, people. Oh, I got the shovels out, baby. It Let's was go. for ex-girlfriends, all right? You got <laughs> No, I mean, I, I honestly don't remember the time, but I haven't had my real Facebook account since 2014, you have a, a current uh, Facebook. Yeah, account? so I went so in. Yeah, I was no able problem. to watch the broadcast. No problem. It, it it looked great. It was it was about the same amount of delay as you have on the TV, which was something that I, I think a lot of people were worried about. If it's like 30 seconds behind or something, but it was only about 10 seconds. It's, it's pretty impressive how far you know that technology goes. Because I'm listening to the absolute live radio feed right. uh, like everybody else and um you know for me it was uh, you know it was pretty good it wasn't that distracted or that much of a lag uh, i didn't listen to the broadcast much so i can't speak on that but i i don't like the fact that it's exclusive you know people pay a lot of money to have cable and almost so many people only have cable because of the sports or because of the Mets see when you're spending x amount of dollars a month that they should be able to watch all the games on TV uh, when they have the ability to provide that which is certainly the case uh, but um, you know they air it on Facebook is fine I, I just I don't like the exclusivity of it that it's only there well there video wise are, right there are several problems with that I mean forget about the actual broadcast itself now for you and I it's not that big of a deal we could use the computers we know how to sign on the app and all those different things but my mother today at one o'clock can't watch the Mets. I mean, you know what it would take for me to explain to her? You have to, she wouldn't even be able to do it. Create a Facebook account and log in and go. She couldn't do it. So, Mama she, Wallace. She was, yeah. 
<laughs> she was somebody that was frustrated that could not just flip on the TV. I get why they do it, Major League Baseball, and you know, and the teams. It's it's a money deal. It's a finance sure. thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, from that end, obviously, it is frustrating. The other thing is that, of course, the first time that it happens is a Mets game. Like, if it were anybody else, <laughs> if it were the Brewers and Cardinals, it would be a big deal, but not to this extent. The fact that it's in New York, it's a Mets game, it's a big deal. Not only a Mets game, but a Noah Syndergaard yeah, start, right. where you're thinking, what if he has a no-hitter? And, and people are unable to watch, and Reese Hoskins put that to bed pretty early in the second inning, but you know that was, I'm sure, a, a concern top of mind for some people today, if you were shut out. You think this will only be a once? I mean, obviously the Mets are done with this now for the year. No, 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 they're not done for the year. So they have, they're not. Yeah, I looked at the schedule. They, they're doing it every Wednesday all season long, and they have two months that they pick the games for. So there are still games in the future that wait, could wait, wait. be drafted. A- MLB, is, MLB Facebook is doing it every Wednesday throughout the year. Every Wednesday, yep. It's every time it's a Wednesday afternoon game, they'll pluck Which one of them a lot. and make it the national game. Uh, the Mets, as of now, don't have another one, but I believe the schedule is only done through the end of May. Also, they could. Do the Yankees have one? I I don't have it in because front of I'm me. curious to find out if every team's got to deal with this. Why are they just picking? You know, would it be the Mets uh, potentially or, or whoever it may be? Uh, I'd be fascinated to find out if the Yanks are involved in this as well, and that will be another day for uh, for uproar for Yankee fans. Yeah, well, that'll be their day. I'm sure they they will be. And if you uh, if you stall for me for a few moments yeah. here, I I can locate the email and, uh, yeah. and get you all the information. Speaking on this. of the Yanks, uh, a huge day today and a, and a day where they get. Stand- Stanton, Judge, and Gary Sanchez all to homer in the same game. This coming off, of course, Stanton's five-strikeout performance yesterday, getting booed by those Yankee fans, and then today hitting a ridiculous shot, which, by the way, came moments before Cespedes hit his moonshot. I'm watching the Yankees on TV, the Mets on Facebook Live. I turned to watch the replay as the Yankees went to break of the Stanton homer, and Cespedes hit his simultaneously. So pretty funny to have both those guys hit mammoth shots, and the Yanks obviously get a a win against the awful race. Whatever you can do, I can do better uh so so i had the schedule through may 30th no yankees on there as of now so again they'll be doing this all year there'll be games in june july august september that they haven't drafted yet or they haven't selected yet so uh we'll see it could pop up and when they do it it is an exclusive game that's it there's no for the video yes and you can listen to it as usual here but uh but yes it's only on uh facebook 800-321-0710 go to joe and old bridge what's up joe Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think it's a huge mistake doing this through Facebook, and I think MLB is missing the forest through the trees. You know, when they reschedule games uh, from 1 o'clock to 8 o'clock on Sundays Mm -hmm. because they want to, you know, they're going for the advertising money, they're killing a whole generation of kids right there whose parents might have taken them to see the game on a Sunday by not having games on Saturday afternoons and putting so many of them late at night, they're, they're really missing opportunities can, to connect with young kids just on weekends alone. Well, how are they missing it in this case with the Facebook game? Well, with Facebook, I mean, are you really going to be compelled to put Facebook on instead of to put the computer, go to Facebook instead of putting it on your TV? I just think if you, that, want, well, you have no choice. You know, if you want to watch the game, yeah, yeah, you have no choice. And I think for some people it's easier. Uh, a lot of young people mm-hmm. uh, don't have cable anymore. They've cut the cord, so this mm-hmm. is a way that they can actually watch the game but for I, free on Facebook, being I, tech more tech-savvy okay. than others. Oh, and I'll give you that, but I yeah. really think they're missing the boat yeah. with the weekend games and the way they schedule them. You know, yeah, I think that's a different topic. Right. 
But I also think it's related to this because the idea is they're trying to get a younger audience. Well, how are you going to get a younger audience if you're getting past their bedtime? Sure. And, and I'll know, always point to, and thanks for the call, Joe. I'll always point to game five of the World Series last year was that wild game back and forth, home runs left and right. Uh, the ratings peaked at like 1130 and it was a Sunday night. Ratings peaked at about 11.30, and the game was just starting to get good at this, that yeah. point. It was like the fifth or sixth inning. It was uh, the Kershaw start uh, where he blew the lead. And it was an insane game, and most people turned it off. And there's no way you're turning that game off because it wasn't exciting enough for you. The only reason you turn it off is because it was just too dang late. And that's that's the mark to me now. You get past 11.30, people just aren't going to stay up uh, to see the whole thing. But... Um, you know, in this case, and this is something baseball's done forever. I didn't get to watch a full World Series game until I was like 12 years old. Well, the the masses of people, yes, you can't placate everybody. And the people who look, if it's a Met game, I don't care what time it's on, especially a Met playoff game, I'm watching it. So the game could go to three in the morning. You and I know we're watching the game. It's as simple as that. Astros, Dodgers don't care as much about yeah, it. Well, we it, don't have to get up, so well, we're a little different. No, no. I, look, if you're if you're a Mets fan and they're in the playoffs and the game is going until two in the morning, I don't care if you got work the next day. You're watching the game. I mean, it's as simple as that. Playoffs, they may never happen again in your lifetime. You don't know. You're right. It puts people in a tough spot. The Sunday night games, even this Sunday, Sunday night against the Nats, that's a tough ask. People have to get up Monday morning. Mm-hmm. It's a regular season game. The games take forever, essentially. You're talking three, three and a half hours. I, I don't know the answer, but I do think, and, and forget the Facebook for a second because that is a separate issue. I do think playing games on the weekend should be generally uh, one o'clock or four o'clock if you're on the West Coast. I love, personally, the 1 o'clock Saturday games, we had one this past weekend, we have one this upcoming weekend, and then they don't play those 1 o'clock Saturday games. I believe the Mets have said that based on their surveys of fans, fans like the Saturday night games. But the the Saturday afternoon, Going they have a, to them, yes. they have a few of those mixed in, I, I think is great over the, the course of the year. And the Mets, and really all of baseball, there's no games at 1 o'clock on Saturday anymore. Usually like... The Blue Jays will play at 1 o'clock on Saturday, and that's it. And all the games are at 4 o'clock or later on Saturdays. Now, I remember as a kid, I don't I don't know if I went Saturday or Sunday, but I know I went to day games on the weekends. That was my experience at Shea right. Stadium growing up. It's it's every, I mean, for the most part, it's every Sunday you're going to get that, except for the, you know, obviously the rare Sunday night baseball games with the Mets, which I think they only have three, uh, maybe four total. Yeah, it, that's not a problem because it's only... Two teams every week playing in that game, which is fine. Yeah. And then, but I was just looking at the schedule. The Mets only have two, including this Saturday. They only have two one o'clock Saturday starts. Well, if they're going to compete for the division. They'll have more when the uh, the season goes on. Well, you think that moves them up? They, oh yeah, they move they'll those get... up for the Fox game or whatever it's called. Or no, the those Sunday night games. They'll get Fox oh, into about, Sunday night games. I'm talking about Saturday afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry. Saturday afternoon at one. Yeah, the Mets have, I think have three Sunday nights of now potentially more. Yeah. Saturday one o'clock starts. They have this Saturday and then one against the Yankees on the 21st of July. Really? That is it for one o'clock. Wow! So it's a one o'clock Subway Series game on a Saturday. They have a bunch of four, now. That's, that's that's fascinating. That's I mean that could change I guess, but they that's have a not bunch the of, norm. They have a bunch of four o'clock games. Um, yes, that's the usual. Yeah, but no. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take some calls here. 800-321-0710. Mets coming off a 4-2 win against the Phillies. Big series starting up tomorrow. Michael Conforto should be leading it off. Mets and Nationals, first of three. Uh, we'll be diving into that. Sal's already... You seem a little nervous about this series. No, I'm excited. Very, I want to see the Nats. I see Let's nerves. Do it. I see nerves. 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone. Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. 
Uh, let's do, rip through some calls here, Sal. Again, 800-321-0710 to get on the show. Evan in New Jersey. How are we doing, Evan? Hey, Pete and Sal, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. Up, hey, how important is a table setter? Let's say, like, you know, your wife makes a delicious dinner. <laughs> now, in the case of Pete's, it might be several dinners. But, you know, maybe it's a great lasagna or pot roast. You come down to the table, and uh, the table's set. You know, you don't have to get your own knives and forks. The table's set. Brandon Nimmo is a table setter. MC Hammer's coming back in the lineup. He can't wait for the four to return. But I feel like Nimmo has to be in the lineup. He gets on base. He gets walks. He makes things happen. He has a little spark. Next thing you know, there's a missile from Cespedes. Nimmo has to find a way to stay in the lineup, guys. There's only one way to do it, and that's to bench Adrian Gonzalez and put Jay Bruce at first, and it doesn't appear there's any hurry to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I'm torn, too. I like Nimmo because that is exactly what he is, a table setter. He's going to give you a quality at bat, going to get on base for you. Uh, you lose a little bit defensively with him. Now, today you want to blame the wind a little bit. Still, there was a pop fly that should have been caught uh, that him and Bruce, uh, you know. Yeah, Nimmo started the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, he's got to catch that ball. has got to be caught, which cost Syndergaard some pitches there, mm-hmm. which potentially cost him the chance to get a win and get through the fifth inning. Um, I, just, there's just no way to do it right now. You're right. I mean, ideally, I'd like to have somebody on in front or somebody up in front of Conforto and Cespedes, I don't see how they could do that with the way Gonzalez is playing. He's playing pretty well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to bench Gonzalez uh, at this point, and I still think their best lineup has Nimmo in it. And it's one of those tests for Callaway. You know, Callaway, maybe we didn't expect him to send Zach Wheeler down to the minor leagues to start the season, that because of his track record or you know who he's been in the past that maybe he'd get that final rotation spot and that wasn't the case you know maybe Callaway does that again and says hey this is my best lineup I'm going to play it but I, w- I would be surprised to see it this soon because I think with a veteran like Adrian Gonzalez you risk losing him if you're gonna you know shove him off to the side or have him as a bench player I, I think they'll they'll continue to ride him and they they seem to have expectations for Gonzalez too beyond just being a guy out there at first and he's a good hitter I mean you could see yeah. he takes the ball the other way can pull the ball if it is he's just a good hitter right now you want to have your best lineup especially these three games or whatever it turns out to be two potentially with the snow against the Nats I think eventually you're going to start to see Cespedes get some days off Bruce get some days off and that's how you'll have a balance Conforto will get some days off that's how you have a balance where Nimmo gets in there, but as far as them being in there all at the same time, it's impossible to do. I mean, they can't, they, they can't do it. Yeah, well, they'll be able to rest some guys soon, and right now, and they have so many off days. They're off this upcoming Friday. Uh, they'll probably be off Saturday if that snow does uh, bang that game. Uh, they're off the 12th, Thursday the 12th, and then they start to get into the rhythm of the season a little bit more, and you know you can actually give some guys a day off here and there and, and get Nimmo some time. Uh, 800-321-0710. Bobby in Queens. What's up, Bobby? How you doing, guys? Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Bobby? Um, did I missed the game today. Did Robles pitch? I hope he, I, I hope he pitched, so I, at least I missed that. That was, that was the only... One shining moment for me. He but struck anyway, out the side, um, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Facebook live thing to me, I, it's. I mean, obviously, I'm not, you know, breaking any news stories, but it's clearly only a money grab. To me, you're not going to get any other viewers. I mean, let's be honest. A 25 year old sitting in Starbucks is not sitting there going, "Oh, cool, the Met game's on. I'm going to put it on," and then commit three hours to watching the Mets. That's not. You're not expanding what the baseball's trying to say is getting the newer, younger uh, viewer. The only thing you're doing is annoying the older viewer, your, your fan. I mean, let's be honest. Baseball is 
an older sport. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I love baseball. I, you know, I don't think the 25-year-old loves it, and I don't think this is something that's going to bring in viewers. And you, you know what's funny? The 25-year-old isn't on Facebook. They might have an account on Facebook, but they're not spending the majority of their time on that account. Their parents are now. Boy, that's an interesting... Look, that's something I don't know anything about, but I do know that it is an inconvenience to the diehard fan who just wants to watch the game. I mean, I don't care where it's... Just let me watch the game. Instead of having to go look for it and create an account and do this and do... (laughs) Let me watch the game. So they do do inconvenience the diehard fans. The problem is they already know they have you because no matter what, we're watching the game. As far as bringing in a new audience, is that really going to work? I mean, internationally, is that you know making it... uh, the game of the week, so it's going to bring in a bigger audience. I, 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 that I don't know. Well, apparently they drew over four million dollars, four uh, four million eyeballs uh, clicks. Is on, that a on lot? Facebook. Though? I don't really know what to compare that to. Right. I, it, you know, SNY. If you told me what SNY does for a typical televised game on a Wednesday afternoon, and what the Phillies do uh, on a Wednesday afternoon, you can add that up. You're probably coming. Decently close to four million, no. Uh, and then you know you, you add some extra eyeballs that are coming in as well. Um, but uh, that that was apparently the number that they they did today. Yeah, but if that's if again, I, I have no idea what yeah. the SLY numbers are, what yeah, to compare this to. But it better be significant because you're talking about international audience compared to you know for the most part a local audience. I mean, people who watch Met games are Met fans. People who want to watch the Phillies are they're Philly fans. You know, you don't need people from all over the world to sit there and watch a weekday baseball afternoon game. No, baseball's got to try to change that and, and make it more than just a, a regional sport. I don't think this is going to be it. It's an attempt, but they're making money on it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Hey, your chance to win Mets tickets coming up. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Salicata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Pork. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host, Sal Licata. Now's your chance to win a couple of tickets to see the Mets and the Brewers April 14th at City Field. Be caller number three at 800-321-0710. And you're the winner. Brought to you by the New York Mets and Coca-Cola. Get to City Field on Saturday night, April 14th, to see the Mets take on the Brewers. Stay after the game for a spectacular fireworks show that will light up the sky. Purchase tickets at Mets.com slash tickets. I think I might go the 15th of April, my first trip out to City. Haven't been. I didn't go at all last year. You going to be there that day, the 15th, Sunday afternoon? So, no. Uh, mm-hmm. We do the Friday night games. We usually have a uh, remote outside early. But uh, I haven't done fireworks night in a long time. Uh, I did I miss one. fireworks night. I did one, uh, boy, maybe 2014. They're not bad. I enjoy them. I think at Shea, I liked it a little better, just because the ballpark is more conducive to that with the outfield being the way that it was. Okay. Or maybe it was the seats that I was in at City. I was lower level, third baseline. I don't know if it, you, it would just feel... Well, you were next to the fireworks, so that, that kind of helped. Yeah, it just felt... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were up yeah. pretty high in yeah. Shea Stadium. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> those are fun, though. I, I, I miss those at Shea. I've done them at other ballparks. Saw so in Cleveland was a pretty good show. I think they're fun. Fire the work. downside is you have to stay for the game. If the game gets away, like I remember being at a 16 nothing Mets loss to the Braves, and that was not fun. We had to sit through it because, hey, 
Fireworks, that's what we came here for. Best one ever was the Mets Braves, the big yeah. comeback. Piazza. That was the next year. Yeah, my buddy, it was 2000. My buddy wanted to stay, and I'm like, I can't take any more beatings at the hands of the Braves. <laughs> Luckily, we stayed, and the rest was history. It was one of the great games I've ever been at. I wanted to leave, too. My dad didn't let me leave. <laughs> if we were together, we definitely would have left, and we'd be in the parking lot trying to climb the walls to get back yeah, in. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Yeah. Is that it? Are we done? Yeah, that was it. That was it. That's all I got. Are you leaving now? That's all I came up with. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm on. I'm on the way out. I got no. another minute with you. It's been a day here, Sal. Yeah, you've been here a long time. What, what time did you get here this morning? Did the rain delay, and then oh, because of the right. rain delay, Wayno and the guys had to bounce early, and uh, so I did the post game show. So I've been busy today, Sal. Yeah. I put in some work. You got to You got to go get some rest, and uh, we'll go. We'll get you tomorrow again. Now tomorrow, you get. Oh man, quick turnaround to another afternoon game. Yeah, it'll be fine tomorrow. All right. Well, I mean, still getting out of here a little late. Well, not as late as me, but you have to be here earlier than I do uh, tomorrow. And then you and I will be back again tomorrow after the game. That's right. That's right. What time are you in tomorrow? Seven. I'll be here to seven. Okay. So we'll cross over seven to eight tomorrow, and uh, we'll have a good time with that. And we'll see if it's Panic City with you, Sal, right? For game (laughs) game one versus... Supposedly the best team in the National League. What do you got coming up the next hour, Sal? Uh, I don't know. Mets calls, talk about the Mets, the Yanks. That's it. I haven't really thought this much. Just how stoked you are for this series. He's going (laughs) to lose his mind about this series. You want to get excited for a baseball series in early April. Sal Licata has got you covered. That's right. (laughs) All right. That's coming up. I'm Pete McCarthy. Thanks for hanging. Uh, Right now, a news update. WOR News Time, 805 Sports. Another win for the Mets. Best of the Phillies 4 2 this afternoon in a game streamed on Facebook. Yankees trounce the Rays again 7 2 this time. Stadium. Here's your WOR Weather Channel forecast. Plenty chilly as we head through the next 24 hours, then a gradual warm-up at the end of the week, followed by a cool-down as we get to the weekend. And yes, there could be the potential for a little bit of snow on the start of the weekend on Saturday. Windy overnight, 31 degrees. Winds will die down a little towards sunrise. Still could have a few gusts over 35 miles an hour. Partly sunny and unseasonably chilly high of 47 on Thursday. Friday, cloudy, 59, a chance of rain and snow to start the weekend Saturday. I'm meteorologist Mark Thibodeau from the Weather Channel on 710 WOR. Next update at 9, breaking news at once. I'm Sue Guzman on 710 WOR and NBC News Radio Station. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. 710-WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Am I, te- am I technically filling in for Pete? I mean, he put in a full day's work here. He's heading home now. This is my hour here as we take it on 9 o'clock in the sports zone. Uh, you'll have uh, Pete tomorrow. Be back with you uh, as the Mets and Nationals begin there, which should be, or you hope to be, a three-game set as uh, the game starts at 12, or coverage starts at 12.05 the afternoon game. Of course, the Nats home opener. Weather's supposed to be an issue there potentially Saturday. Pete was talking about the snowstorm. Other than that, if you factor you take the snowstorm out of the equation. You know this is a huge series. I mean, how could you not be pumped out, about, uh, pumped up about the Mets start here and get excited for you know a four and one team going in to take on the Nationals, who are what four and two themselves, uh, struggling with the Bravos a little bit after uh, they won a few in a row to start the season. But on paper, everybody thought the Nats are going to run away with the NL East this year. Well, guess what? An early chance for the Mets to make a statement. And I don't think you could be excited enough about this three-game series. You could say, well, Sal, it's only the first week of the season. It's not even 10 games in yet. 
but messages can be sent early on. And we referenced it earlier a little bit with Pete, 1986. The Mets had, I think it was the 10th game of the year, 10th or 11th game of the year, they took on the Cardinals in St. Louis. And remember, you know, that was when the Mets and Cardinals did battle every single year, and the Cardinals were the team to beat. Mets went into St. Louis four-game series and swept them and never looked back. I'm not saying that's going to happen this particular series, but I think the Mets have a chance here to send a message to the Nationals and let them know that they are going to contend for the division and they are a legit baseball club here. Not just a fluke form one start beating up on teams who aren't any, any good. Cardinals, I mean, whatever. It's early to tell what teams are, but you know the Phillies are going to be bad. The Phillies are a lousy team. Not to mention that it lines up nicely with the Mets with DeGrom. You got to see what Mats does in his second start. And then Matt Harvey, big bad Matt Harvey, coming off a of five scoreless against the Phils last night, will or is scheduled to pitch Sunday night against this Nationals team. That is when you can find out about guys. This is going to be a big series early in April, a nice barometer to have just a couple weeks in. Now, the Mets, after this three-game set, or what you hope to be a three-game set, they'll play three with Miami, three home uh, against the Brewers, and then another three with the Nats. So you have the Nats six times in the first, uh, what, two and a half weeks here, which I think is very, very good to get an early test against what should be the division's best. And then you go on with your season, you don't see the Nats again. As we look at the schedule, you don't see the Nats again until July. Is that right? A four-game set out at City Field July 13th? So, I mean, you're talking about the final series before the All-Star break here. So it's a long time before you see the Nationals again. And these first three are going to be important. The six overall obviously means something. But I like the fact that the Mets are playing pretty well to start the season. And they have a chance here to send a little bit of an early message uh, that they will, you know, should be taken seriously for this division. Not to mention you throw in the Nationals, um, who have a glass jaw historically, and maybe the Mets could get in their head a little bit here, even uh, early in the season. Eh, you spoil their home opener, a lot of different elements to it. But a nice, a solid start for the Mets. Nice, sound start to their season by Callaway and company. So a nice job getting guys in these games, whether you agree or disagree with some of the lineups. I have not agreed with all the lineups myself, in particular Game 2. Look, the more you see Travis Darnot, the more you will see that he's not a good baseball player. The more you play Juan Lagares, you will realize that Juan Lagares cannot hit. Now, to Callaway's credit, he's putting them in positions to where they can succeed based on matchups that he believes benefit both players and really all players, not just those two. But we'll use those two as examples. And they have succeeded so far. Eventually that, that'll wear off. Um, you know, you talk about the, the strengths of this team. It's, it's the pitchers. You like to see the starters go a little bit deeper, whether it's Harvey just going five last night, Syndergaard only going four today. Uh, some of that had to do with poor defense. Some of that had to do with Syndergaard just not being efficient enough. That has to change. But when you have the weapons like the Mets do out of the pen now with both Lugo and Gazelman, brings a different element to where this team could have a super pen and overcome um, you know, short performances from the starters occasionally. You can't have that every time through. And they're going to need DeGrom to do a good job tomorrow and go six-plus, maybe seven innings tomorrow from DeGrom. Same thing with Mats. Mats can't, you know... Matt's can't give you another one of the uh, the performances he gave you on Easter Sunday. He's got to be better than that. He's got to go more than four innings, and he's got to be more effective. But the Mets off to a nice, sal- a sound, solid start this season. Yanks today crushing the Rays, as you would expect. They did the same yesterday. 
but after being booed by the home crowd yesterday in his first ever game in pinstripes, John Carlos Stanton, uh, you know, took the collar, the platinum sombrero, 0 for 5 yesterday with five strikeouts. Today hits a mammoth shot in his first at bat. And the Yanks were well on their way behind Luis Severino. Uh, they also get Severino was dominant again. Uh, you know, going seven and a third innings. I think he struck out seven, walked only one. As he continues to perform like the ace that he showed he could be last year, you just wonder why he didn't have it in the postseason last year. And you hope that that doesn't happen again for the Yankees' perspective with Luis Severino. But they get that performance from him. Then they get the home run from Stanton. They get the home run from Aaron Judge, who gets off the schneid. And Gary Sanchez also adding his first home run of the year. So a game for the Yanks where they beat up on the hapless Rays. They get home runs from all three of their big players. I mean, the Yanks are loaded. Uh, I know Brian Cashman could talk about uh, or be concerned about all the injuries that have happened to them early on. You could get on Aaron Boone for his clueless decision to walk Josh Donaldson and pitch to Justin Smoke over the weekend, but you know, or the way that he's handled the bullpen in general, maybe having a little bit of a quick hook and then overtaxing that bullpen early on in the year. Yankees bullpen, most people thought was a, a sure thing. I did not. It is, uh, you know, not been great to start the season. Doesn't mean it can't get turned around. But guys like Tommy Canley, who was so lights out a year ago, he's been uh, have a rough go of it. Dylan Batances. I mean, his career may be over, but Tanzas, he's become unusable. They couldn't use him a year ago. They try it again in this year. Guy can't throw strikes, can't field a position, can't hold runners on. Other than that, I mean, sure, go Patances, the four-time All-Star. So the Yanks have some issues, but they'll be okay. They'll go get a bullpen arm when needed. They'll get another starter if needed. They'll adjust to, you know, bring in other guys in that lineup if needed. They are so deep, you don't really worry about that. But overall, to put a nice little bow on it, both teams in New York, have been off to good starts, and as you would expect, I mean, both teams been you know supposed to be good coming into the year. Maybe the Mets going four and one in their first five. Obviously, with the snow out the other day, only playing five games of the scheduled six to start the season. But you have to be happy about that start. Yanks maybe not as much just based on the record, but they're playing. I mean, you know, four and two. You don't love the split in Toronto when you had the first two. You'd like to have had one more of those in the win column, and you expect them to get fat. On teams like the Rays. I mean, the Rays are a dreadful baseball team. So, Yanks got Baltimore coming up. Uh, obviously, the Red Sox around the corner as well. So, you check out their schedule. And, you know, you really get uh, some nice tests early on at the battle in that AL East. And again, with the Mets, a huge series starting tomorrow. Nats home opener. This is what it's all about. You want to get into the season. You got your home opener out of the way. Now, and you, you played well through the first five games. Now you go into Washington, the reigning division champ, the team to beat in the division. You're there as the, you know, sacrificial lamb, so to speak, for their home opener. Nobody's going to pick the Mets tomorrow. They can't beat the Nationals. How are the Nats going to lose? You can't beat the Nats, let alone in their home opener. So we'll see what this Mets ball club is made of early on. And then the off day, uh, scheduled Friday. And then obviously you got to see what happens with the weather. The weather, I'll tell you, it's so annoying because it really breaks up the rhythm here. Trying to get into a rhythm and watch baseball. And then you have, you know, whether it's the built-in off day in case of bad weather after opening day, which you have had last Friday and now this Friday, whether it's the actual snow out like you had Monday with both the Mets and the Yanks, I mean, and potentially coming this Saturday. I mean, it's annoying with the weather. Forget the. Let's just get into the the meat of the season here. Uh, enough with this weather. I don't know, Ray, if it's global warming or not. 
But they have a problem here because without the retractable domes or, or, or the retractable roofs in the northeast cities and you're starting the season earlier and the weather getting worse later, I mean, this is going to be a problem that, that continues to happen here, no? I can't hear you. Raise your mic on. It's really the uh, issues with with the fact that they're starting the season so early. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, you know, we we can argue all the one about the weather changing and all that things there, but you know, I what? don't know enough about and it. Ne- and neither do I. Okay. But starting, it's just starting it early. We know that by the middle of April, things are different. You know, you go back. 50, 60 years ago, you look at when opening day was, it was usually like the, the second week of April or maybe you know April 10th, and that's where we're hitting now. We, we open in the last week of March. Yeah, you think they're going to... I mean, something's going to have to happen to where they either make a point. I don't know if you could accommodate every team in the Northeast um, you know, to start the season on the road for at least the first six games, but something's got to give. Whether you shorten the season and start it the way you used to start it, you can't start it earlier and continue to have these bad weather games just rain things out and snow things out and postpone games and force double headers, force teams. If the Mets get snowed out on Saturday in Washington, they will already have had scheduled a double header. You know about that, but just looking ahead as I was before, they play Washington the next time in Washington. A two-game series that is scheduled at the end of July, July 31st and August 1st, and then a four-game set in September. You know it's not going to be in September, so it's going to be likely around that July 31st or August 1st. Mets have an off day scheduled for the 30th. I don't know if the Nats do. Maybe that's a common off day that they'd schedule there. Otherwise, you're going to have to play a doubleheader Sunday. I mean, that's that's what you're looking at. So it's hard to work uh, work around these things when you have so many of them Going on early on with the rainouts and postponements, uh, you know, for, with the bad weather, and that is, you're right, Ray. That is a byproduct of, I guess, starting the season a little bit earlier. And, and the whole point of starting earlier was to give the teams more off days in the middle of the season. But the problem you're going to have now is, point. you know, you're, you're going to start filling those off days up. Now we saw the Mets move this game to a mutual doubleheader, so right. they're not they're not losing an off day. But at some point, if we keep having bad weather here in the Northeast, well, Saturday is, Saturday would be a problem. Yeah, Saturday's pretty much, uh, you know, when you get a chance, we'll take a break. When you get a chance, check the Nats schedule. See if they have looking a, at it right now. Actually, uh, do they have a common off day on July? Is it the, yeah, the July 30th. So the Nats off Monday, July 30th. Looks like they are according to this. Again, this All is right. just a Google schedule, so I don't have the full... I didn't get it, but they... they uh, in fact, yeah, they finish a series with the Marlins on the 29th, and then uh, Mets Nationals on the 31st, obviously. They they, they play again, so... Right, so that... They could fit that right in there. So then it will be penciled in probably for July. Again, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Pete painted a bleak picture. I was not aware of the bad weather. He said it's essentially... It's going to snow. He, it, the Washington, D.C. forecast right now says, and this was, well, about four hours ago when I looked at it, said that snow rain starting in the morning, turning to snow, and snowing the rest of the day. So, I think but that again, weather can change quickly. Especially, I went to school down there in the Delmarva Peninsula in that area where that weather is. It's similar to weather on Long Island, where you yeah. know you can be you can be ten miles outside the city and get five inches of snow, and then you head out east and there's nothing. So it's the same type of situation there, depending where that track is. You know, they could, depending, just like the last couple days, the Mets yesterday played, they trudged through today. I could see the Nationals on Saturday sitting there, you know what? We can't lose these games early. We'll find a way to sit around and see if they can. But if, if that looks like it's going to be bad, uh, they may cancel that early. Again, it's, it's yeah. just crazy. Especially with the common off day in July, on that July 30th, maybe they just figure, you know what? It's not worth it. Let's cancel it early and reschedule the game for them. But again, you're taking another yeah. off day. The whole point of the reason for starting early was so you didn't have 20 games in a row. Yeah, and that is coming right out of the All-Star break. Well, not right out. It's 3, 6, 9, 10 games uh, after the All-Star break. But if you chew that off day up, 
you are now going from the end of the All-Star break till August 9th if you're the Mets without an off day. So, well, whatever. We'll see. I mean, like you said, weather can change. 800-321. Either way, it's a big series. I don't care if it's one game, two game, three game. It's a big series early on, a nice barometer for this ball club. 800-321-0710. Mets, Yanks, whatever it is that's on your mind. I guess we could get into uh, some Odell Beckham Jr. If, uh, you know, that floats your boat, you want to do that as well. Eight, But it's baseball. It's baseball season in both teams in New York. Off to good starts. 800-321-0710. It's a sports zone. Sal Licata and for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Today. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. I had to get my phone what was charging over there. Uh, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We'll take your calls in a second, just going off the fact that, uh, you know, the Mets and Yanks off to good starts. I've watched uh, as much of both teams. I, I pretty much watch every game from, from both teams, but you go back and, you know, they're on at the same time. It's annoying. So sometimes I'll go back and watch the condensed versions of the game. And it's a lot to keep up with right now because the games are all over the place. You get the one o'clock starts, uh, where both teams are going there. You get the, the snow games and you, I mean, it's been a crazy start to this baseball season. Haven't been able to get in any kind of rhythm um, so far locally here with uh, with the weather issues and you know the openers and things like that. So hopefully by next week, by this weekend, or I guess after this weekend, things will be settled down a little bit and will become more normal where the teams play at 7 o'clock and you can uh, get accustomed to, the, to that. Yanks tomorrow, 6.35 start. Um, against the Orioles as they begin a four-game set with the O's. As we mentioned, you know, the Mets, home opener in Washington. They'll be there for what's scheduled to be a three-game series, and depending on the weather, might not be. Um, and then, you know, you look ahead with uh, with both these ball clubs and the Yanks are going to take on the Red Sox after that. That should be a fun series early on in the year. Always fun when those two get together, especially this year with the Star Red Sox are 5-1 and one to start the season. So there's a lot of excitement here uh, with both uh, both locals. You get the new managers, you factor in that. It's very exciting. Good start for both teams. You see if they could keep it going here. Baltimore struggling, huh? 1-5. I didn't even realize that, just looking at the record. and that's I know they're not supposed to be good this year, but for a Showalter team to start 1-5, and five, that's pretty bad. And, you know, Otani, I guess, hit another home run today, just looking around Major League Baseball. Interesting to see him already, his second home run. And people were questioning whether he would be up with the team or not. He's got a win so far and two home runs. And I think he pitches, he's scheduled to pitch Saturday. Uh, so we'll see what he could do uh, from that end. Just looking at the pitching matchups. Um, for the Mets and the Nats, we told you scheduled Sunday is Harvey and Roark. Tomorrow is DeGrom and Strasburg. And Saturday is what? Mats versus who? Uh, let's see what we got here. Mats versus Gio Gonzalez. So a battle of, uh, both lefties. Gio Gonzalez was terrific his first time out. And uh, Steven Mats was not. So it should be good. Now, I guess if the game gets snowed out on Saturday, you would push back. Both teams would push back push back their guys from Saturday, so you probably get Mats and Gio Gonzalez on Sunday night, which would be disappointing to me because I really want to see what Matt Harvey is made of, and this would be a great early test. A little bit different you know, Monday night in Miami than it is Sunday night baseball against the big bad Washington Nationals. Mac is in Jersey. Mac, you're on the voice of New York 710 WR. What's up, Mac? How are you doing, Sal? Enjoying listening to you guys. Thanks, Mac. Appreciate it. I, I wanted to talk about Syndergaard, but before I do, I just wanted to get in on something you just said about having to uh, watch both games using digital media to catch up on what you don't see live. Yeah. And 
that goes to what you guys were talking about earlier with the Facebook. Uh, and it also relates to pace of game problems. My point is, and I want to ask your, your opinion, what percentage of the game do you think people actually watch or listen to what, how are they following the game, radio, TV, whatever, right. these days? I, I, and I, mean the, I don't mean the casual fan that they're trying to capture. I mean people like me, maniacs. Right. How what much of... What of the game do you feel that we watch live? I would say at least 90%. I mean, now maybe, now maybe Mac, I'm skewed because I am like you, and maybe it's a different story. I, I have to. When I was a fan, I would make a point to go to as many games as I possibly could and watch every single game that I possibly could. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about when, even when I'm working at Home Depot, I'm trying to figure out a way to call in sick or watch the game. I mean, you do what you can, right? And everybody's got a job, and sometimes you're prohibited from watching all the games. Since I've been in the business, I try to watch as many games as I possibly can. You know, you also have family life. You're talking about the weekend. Your wife wants to go out and do something you're trying to watch the game or at least listen to it so it's hard um maybe 90 percent is a little bit high and i'm going based off of again myself i have to watch you know i i have to watch all these uh, games so i could talk about it exactly yeah maybe it is maybe it is less mac i mean you tell me what percentage yeah. of the game do you watch a diehard fan you tell me i well i well see i'm not in the media i'm not I, you have to get there before the game and stay after and so a lot of the complaints that you hear, this is my opinion, about pace of game are really media-driven. People who have to get there early, stay late, and endure every single inning you know, I do, I do think there is some truth to that. Thanks for the call, Mac. I see Ray Mar- producer Ray Martell shaking his head. I do think there is some truth to that, that a lot of the narrative is created by the media. Because I've said it for a long time. I don't care if the game takes seven hours. Well, maybe seven excessive. I don't care if the game takes four hours. If it is a well-played, exciting baseball game, I'm watching it. I'm into it. And the media, who does get there hours before because they have to get sound and do interviews and get quotes and all that stuff from the players in the clubhouse, and then they have to stay an hour or so after the game to finish up their stories or interviews or whatever it is from the clubhouse, I do think that the media is very sensitive to the you know long games when they have to cover it, and they're the ones who control the narrative because they're the media. Producer Ray? You know, I was I was going to disagree with you because I kind of thought on that almost that same angle. I thought the way he was saying it more was like we're making this up. Uh, I don't think we're making it up. I think you I think you're you're better off that the people involved in it that work it feel that it's getting too long. Right. But I think the fans like ourselves like you and I agree with you. If the game is good. I don't care if it's a four or five hour game. Who cares? Game. Right. I mean, you, you go back to those great Red Sox Yankees postseason games that went 14, 15 innings. You love that. But the problem is, is you were getting, you're getting these nine inning games that are going four, five hours. Well, and that's the problem that baseball is having. And I, I do agree that that is a problem. Well, let's stick on the Yankees Red Sox because at the peak of their rivalry, you know, the Zimmer and Pedro years, all that, those games were, I mean, they were played in four plus hours. And, those and games they, were, but they, they were all epics. But that's what I mean. They were all still great games. You're locked into them. You couldn't get enough of it. Both good teams going at it. There's great drama. You know, the Mets in 86, whether it's the extra inning games, 
whatever, you know, the Astros, obviously, all-time clutch. I don't care how long the game takes. It's about how well the game is being played. And when you have, you know, all these strikeouts and all these walks and bad defense and pitching changes, that's where you have a problem where it feels like the game is just going on and on and on where nothing is happening. You know, I got to ask a buddy of mine who works, who's like a data guy, who is one of those baseball data guys. I want to know how many, you know, quote, bad games went long. And that's, that's where it was. So I, I want to see what the percentage of, you know, games that are five, six, seven run games, all right, that are terrible games. Right. How many of those went four hours plus? And how many four hour plus games were like a two one or an extra inning thrilling game? And that's when you can start to see where your point would, would be more true. Because if that's the case, then you know what? You really shouldn't be worrying about the time of game because it's a great game. But if you're going to say 70% of those games that are going four hours are, you know, 12 1, 7 2, right. walking the ballpark. Pro- right, yeah. walking the ballpark. That, that is a problem. Endless pitching changes. Right. Look, I don't think any way you slice it, and, and again, my, it's hard for me to give the true fan perspective. I am a fan, don't get me wrong, but I've been working in the media business, sports talk radio for, you know, and TV for that matter, for 15 years. So I have been a member of the media. So anytime I'm at work, the games are on. I have to watch the games and I have to listen to the games and all those different things. And, to me, I, I love it so much, and it doesn't really impact. I'm not staying later. Well, sometimes I do stay later if the ball, ball game goes longer, but I don't really care if it's a well played, clean, crisp game. What does drive you nuts, or when you have, you know, t- like last year, the Mets were a very bad baseball team, and they played bad baseball. And at the end of the year, especially, I mean, some of those games are unwatchable. Going on forever, the pitching changes and guys can't throw the ball for strikes. I mean, that's so, so it's a difference between long games and bad long games. World Series, as Pete was referencing before, I don't care how long the games take, what time they're on, they're exciting games. You're into it. You're up watching it. But the bottom line is baseball does have a problem with, I don't want to just say the pace of play because I think it's more about the quality of play, the majority of these games are not being played to the best of quality. Yes, they could be speeded up, but the quality of play is lacking. And also they need to find a way to, I don't know if it's putting the games on at a better time. I don't think the answer is putting the game on Facebook, which by the way, I mean, you talk about overreaction, people going nuts. It's one silly game. Get yourself to a computer and watch it. I feel bad for my mother. Couldn't watch the game today. So people like that, but you got to figure that's in the minority here. And you know, a lot of people have asked the question, "What's going to happen?" You know, what what about people who have DVRs or anything that couldn't do that? SNY is now broadcasting the entire game uh, again. Yeah, so, that so is... anyone, so anyone who did that, because I heard it, we had a few callers yesterday ask about that uh, with Pete last night. So you know, I, I I'm not going to be around. I usually DVR the game, so at least they gave you that. Uh, but I, I didn't find this as big a deal as everyone it's else not, made it out to be. Believe me, and I like complaining about things. I mean, it's the nature of this business, right? You got to complain to have an, you know, you have an opinion. It's usually negative, and blah 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 blah. Or at least that sells. Uh, you try to be real, and I'm not. I'm honestly not bothered by this that much. I don't like Facebook. I hate Facebook. I deleted my account uh, in 2014, or actually, yeah, maybe 2014, maybe a little before that. I don't like everything that they've been going through in recent news here, um, and I didn't want to. have have to create an account to watch the game, but I'm not going to sit there and say, you know what? I hate Facebook so much and all that they've done wrong here recently. I'm not going to watch the game. 
Uh, it's not going to happen with me. I'm, I, I want to watch the game. I'm not going to let anybody ruin that. And if I need to sign on and create a fake account and delete it the next day, so be it. I signed on. I watched as much of the game as I could. I, dr- I drove in at work. I listened to the game on the radio. And man, it, there are ways around it. So stop complaining just to complain. It's one game of 162. It's an afternoon game anyway that most people at their office don't have the luxury of a TV or maybe don't have access to the radio. And you know what? Maybe it helped. Maybe you could watch the game on your smartphone or whatever, your PC at work, whatever it may be. Not not that big of a deal. I do think the problem is the exclusivity because if you had the option to do both, it would be a home run. People could watch it from their couch. People could watch it at work on Facebook. You could watch it whichever way you want. I don't even mind if it's the same broadcast. You could use the same broadcast. Facebook could broadcast it if you want, but they should have the option, all all options to watch as opposed to just the exclusivity on Facebook. But the problem with that, Sal, is that the reason they do that is because then you wouldn't have gotten everybody to go to Facebook. I was We were watching it here, and I was looking at the numbers. At one point, uh, I saw that 83,000 people were watching it at that time. So I don't know how many how many stayed with it, but at one point, midway through the game, eighty three thousand people were up watching it. And you know what? It, honestly, it was crystal clear on the iPad. It was about one pitch behind, which actually isn't that bad because if you're watching on satellite, sometimes you're almost a pitch behind. Uh, the quality was great. I actually liked the graphics because they were a lot more dumbed down graphics. They were bigger. You could read the scoreboard easily now. That uh, just like the SNY, SNY does a good job with their graphics as well. But you know how the ESPN graphics are so tiny you can't read them. This wasn't the case. I thought that was really good. Nice big graphics would have been great for my mom and dad who have trouble with their eyes to watch. The problem is they don't have Facebook, so they didn't get a chance to see it. I just Here's the problem, Ray. I just don't like when they force you to do something, and they forced our hand to where we had no choice but to go to Facebook and create. Otherwise, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't watch the game. You could listen to it, can't watch the game. 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Take it on 9 o'clock. It's Salicata in the Sports Zone. Filling it for Pete McCarthy. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Went to Toronto on Saturday. Saw the Yanks and the Jays, and eh, you know what? It's not a bad... um not a bad place. First of all, I like the city. I was there for a day, went to the Blue Jays-Yankee game, went to the Leafs-Jets game. Uh, Saturday night, which is pretty cool. I, have you been there, producer Ray? I, lo- I love the. Was it? I don't know if it's still called the Air Canada Center. Yeah, uh, it is. I love the Air Canada Center. Went there actually the first year it opened after they had closed Maple Leaf Gardens. What Got year was that? Nineteen ninety nine. Wow, it's been that. That's that yeah. old. What a beautiful arena! How about? How, it's a great place. I wish to, I could have went to see the Maple Leaf Garden. Yeah. By the way, your Bruins may be playing the Leafs in the first yeah. round. Yeah, might be. Might, might be, be the yep. uh, Lightning as well. Leafs, I think, are locked in on the third spot. And by the way, uh, Devils have not clinched officially yet. Is that right? But they're getting close to it. Devils are going to have to carry the local hockey here for a while. Both the Rangers and Islanders have been dreadful. Islanders, at least the Rangers traded off their guys. Islanders have been brutal. But you know that building has a very similar history to the Barclays Center? What's that, the Air Canada Center? Yeah, it was actually built originally by the Raptors. And the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment were going to build their own arena. They bought the Raptors and bought the building while it was midway through construction. That's why all those Did luxury, that. right? That's why those luxury boxes are in the each end because they had to reconfigure it to fit the hockey rink, which is what happened at Barclays Center. But they were able to do it before they got too far in the construction. Why didn't they get a true hockey for for a city that is all about the hockey? Why didn't they get a true hockey stadium? Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment were going to build their own. They 
bought the Raptors and bought the building and made it, and it actually uh, turned into a better building because of it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a, I, I loved it. I tough, it I'll tell you, it was, it was a tough ticket to get. Now, we went to, me and my buddy Chris went to the Yankees-Jays. We had already bought our tickets there, so went to that game, which started at 4, ended right about 7 o'clock, and we walked over in the rain to uh, the Air Canada Center and bought our tickets through whatever you know secondary site. I forget it was SeatGeek or StubHub or whatever it was. On the walk over there, they were not uh, they were not cheap and they were not easy to get. Um, but anyway, it was fun to go to the Leafs game and check that out with the passionate hockey crowd. Winnipeg ended up winning the game and they're a good team. Both those teams pretty good. I can't wait for the NHL playoffs. That's no sport excels more in the postseason in comparison to the regular season than the NHL. Although the NBA is getting close now, I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs as well. Um, but the baseball game was fun. One thing about the well, a couple of things. First of all, Rogers Center is it, it's a cool building and there's a lot of nostalgia there. I mean, I used to love watching those Blue Jays teams in the uh, you know early 90s when that building was first built. WrestleMania Six was there, which was a great childhood memory. Um, you know, Joe Carter, obviously, but base, baseball is not built to be playing in a dome. That's the one thing that bothered me. That is a true, you know, as true a dome that probably in the Trop, which I've never been to. That there is in the game today, it it just there was a weird feel to it, and the crowd up there is like a, it was like a tennis crowd or a golf crowd, very very quiet. And I know they're passionate fans in Toronto, but very quiet. You know, early on you're playing the Yankees, Blue Jays ended up winning that game, and they very it was like a quiet tennis type crowd um, from the Blue Jays fans. But I, it was like I said, cool experience. I actually ran into Brian Cashman of all people on the flight back Easter Sunday morning. We took an early flight back, so I was there for one day, and that was that. And we're walking off, going through customs, and who's there? Brian Cashman, and it's just me, my buddy, and Cashman. Uh, hey, what's up, Cash? And I introduced myself. Of course, he had no idea who I was, but could not be nicer. And you know, took the time to talk. I was telling him about man, what a move with DD. This was before, obviously, D Day. Uh, DD had his big day uh, on the Yanks home opener. But anyway, uh, you know, Cashman was uh, really cool, taking the time, uh, you know, just to chat for a little bit. Really good guy. Love to get him on one day. I don't know what the restrictions are there, but uh, talk about our, our random meeting. Easter Sunday morning, walking through uh, customs together, but he was he was a little concerned about all the injuries. I mean, that was the game. Tyler Austin, remember Saturday? Tyler Austin hit two missiles that needed a passport. I mean, they were hit so hard. Um, and we were talking about that a very little bit, and then he was talking about you know keep the, the rash of injuries. You know, the Yanks will be fine. I mean, ultimately they'll get they'll get their guys, but seem to be banged up a little bit. But cool experience to go to Toronto, check out the Yankees in person. I'll tell you, Judge and Stanton, mammoth. Mammoth human beings. You, it's one thing to watch them on TV. You see those two in person, up close and personal. They are just, they're frightening. I mean, they are frightening. Regardless of how many strikeouts, those guys are very, very frightening to see. And it was cool to see that Yankee team and cool to talk to Cash for a little bit. Uh, and, you know, like I said, overall fun trip. Now we got, uh, you know, some other ones coming off the list this year. Ray, I just booked a trip to San Diego as well. Check out uh, Petco Park, trying to do a Kansas City and St. Louis. I love getting the ballpark. You know which city, which ballpark I haven't been to? The city. I got to go to City Field. I didn't go at all last year. Going to try out, uh, try to get out there to a game. Soon as I can, maybe the next homestand, maybe I'll go that Sunday against the uh, against the Brewers. But Mets playing some good baseball. Want to go now? Uh, well, well, they're hot. I don't know about you know the weather is bad, but good thing for the Mets they don't really have that many home games in this first month of the season. 
That is a good thing with the scheduling, at least just looking at it. They're on a uh, significant road trip after they come home on the 13th and then leave on the 19th. Atlanta, St. Louis, San Diego, long trip before returning home for a six-game homestand. So maybe the weather by then will be good. 800-321-0710, but both teams in New York uh, playing pretty well. We'll hear from Noah Syndergaard. Today's starter only went four innings. We'll hear from him on the other side. And your calls as well, 800-321-0710. It's Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 W. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710. Remember, we'll be with you tomorrow after the game. I'll be on with Pete uh, from 7 to 8 by myself from 8 to 9. Pete will have you uh, covered starting tomorrow, 12.05. Mets at Nats. Nats home opener. Big series uh, for the Metsies. And then, of course, the off night uh, on Friday, that will be me solo, 6 to 9 p.m., as is standard here. Weeknights, off nights for the Mets. I'll be here in the sports zone. Malik is in Brooklyn. What's up, Malik? Hey, Mr. Licata, what's going on, baby? How are you, Malik? What's up, man? Yo, listen, I'm a fan. I got to tell you, first of all, I don't know if you can keep me on hold, but I got to get your number or your contact. I want to bring you on my show at another station uh, because I really enjoy your analysis and your insights. You know who you remind me of? Who's in that? A good way. You remind me of your, I believe he's your former colleague. I'm not sure if he's still there. You remind me of Ray Lucas. Yeah, I, I work with uh, my current colleague at SNY, Lucas. Well, we're both passionate uh, people, right? I mean, I guess that's it. Well, the thing about it is the reason I love you, man, is because even if I don't agree with your conclusions or share your conclusions, I always understand your construct and you're always real. You're not trying to be politically correct and you're brutally honest. And uh, sometimes you're not, uh, you're not, you don't pander. You just, you navigate, you give your point, and you're consistent until proven otherwise. And I got to tell you, my man, that's good stuff. Malik, I, I appreciate that, Malik. Thank you so much. Now, what's on your mind? Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, number one, oh, and I got to say this too, but I need you to uh, dissect Mickey Calloway, the Mets manager. I want to see how is he different from Terry Collins from, in terms of you dele- delineating. Uh, him from a media perspective and a media lens, not just from the player's perspective, but actually from the media in terms of your feeling and your vibration from him. That's number one. And lastly, I got to tell you, Sal, when I'm watching you and Mr. Malusa go back and forth, it's a beautiful thing. But sometimes <laughs> I am distracted by the beautiful, I believe her name is Taylor, Taylor Brooks. Taylor Rooks. No B. Taylor, Taylor Brooks. Brooks. My friend, she is aesthetically pleasing to the eye, and she is smoking hot. So sometimes <laughs> I don't listen. I don't listen to you because I'm watching. Oh, oh, Malik, thank you very much. I'm going to put you on hold and give you my info. Oh, he hung up. How can I put you on hold, Malik? You hung up on me. I'll come on your show. Get in touch with uh, Ray, and he'll give you my email or something like that. Uh, I don't know if I should comment on that last thing, but Malik, thank you very much for the kind words. In the final minute, I'll give you the difference between Callaway and Collins. I don't like even comparing the two because I think Collins is going to get a bad rap when you talk about Mickey Calloway and all the the ways he's kind of reinvented. I don't want to say reinvented the position, but all his philosophies and ideas and the way he's applying things, it's just different. It's old school versus new, new school. And I love old school and I love Terry Collins. And Terry Collins was a great quote, a great baseball guy, old school baseball guy you want to go have a beer with. Callaway was a terrific guy. Pete and I had him in back in October, November, whenever it was. I like him now. He seems like he's got a personality. And I love his 
ideas and philosophies and the way he holds guys accountable and applies them at the same time caring for the players. There's a, there's a lot to get to with Mickey Callaway. Good thing we have all season to do so. It's not a knock on Collins, but I think Mickey Callaway could be the best manager in the sport and by the end of this season. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night. Mets coverage begins tomorrow at 12.05 right now in the news. You're